Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Jess. And I'm Regan, and this is You Pick, We Watch, the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it, learning everything we can about your recommendation. Today, we're talking about the 2006 film Slither. Yeah, it is a, it's a creature feature, that's for sure. It's so many things. <laughs> so many things all blobbed together. <laughs> oh, that was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, before we jump too far into this, uh, Pixar released their trailer for Lightyear, the prequel to Toy Story. Did you see it, and or do you have thoughts? Um, I saw just a thumbnail of it, and I <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm reserving judgment until I see the trailer. Yeah, I saw the thumbnails as well and had no desire to watch the trailers. So I, I'm going to let this one go, I think. <laughs> yeah i'll say that i i probably won't be unhappy to see it but i don't really have a desire to see it you know okay yeah i'm in the same same kind of boat um uh there's a movie coming out called the house of gucci and mm. this it chronicles the murder of the fashion designer gucci and it stars lady gaga and adam driver and I just wanted to say that I was looking forward to this because Lady Gaga really stunned me in uh, A Star is Born. So I want to see what else she does. Same. And for our Blade Runner reference of the week, uh, the legendary Ridley Scott is directing that movie. Yes. Um, but it's not science fiction, so I feel like I'll be able to follow this story a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of following science fiction stories, I saw Dune this week, this past Tuesday, I think, and that was cool. <laughs> I uh, did you go to the theater to see it? I did. Okay. Which you know is great because you're the money's going to you know not a streaming service, but at the same time, that movie's loud. I see that in theaters, prepared to just have that be very loud really yeah like did, did you see it in uh like imax or just like straight regular screen no, just regular okay all right i was gonna go this weekend but uh stuff came up and i just don't have the time so i don't know i might pop it on hbo max um or i don't know I just didn't have time this weekend. Yeah, I, I'd actually recommend watching it on HBO Max because at least that way you can control the volume yourself and you'll probably be able to like hear the dialogue better. Yeah. Um, next weekend is Eternals um, for Marvel. So that is what I'm looking forward to. And I will definitely be there next Friday. Probably in the afternoon um, or Saturday. I can't remember which day we're going, but I'm definitely going to go see that. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably catch it that Monday or Tuesday. Nice. It's good. I can't wait. Um, I've heard a lot of things that 
it's different than the current Marvel movies and that some people might be upset about it. Um, but I kind of am looking forward to like seeing what they do with the formula and they just kind of like change things a bit. Yeah. And I think we're at a point in the, the Marvel universe where change is welcome. You know, they don't appear to be just wanting to crank out the same like cookie cutter movie, which I don't, I wouldn't say that they have, but I feel like they're taking more bold uh, changes now. Yeah, and I think, like you said, it's needed. It's been 22 movies over 11 years, so yeah, a little bit more now, so it's time. Um, do you have any other news before I ask you your get-to-know-you question? Um, nope. <laughs> nope, that's it. I thought I did. Um, James Gunn, I just found out who wrote and directed this movie, he's uh, apparently writing and producing a Starks, Starsky and Hutch TV series. I don't know anything else about that. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do you. At this point, I trust him doing most things. Well, let's hope it's better than the Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller remake movie that came out probably around this time, actually. <laughs> that's a terrible movie yes well so parts of that movie have a special place in my heart because I was very (laughs) young when I saw that (laughs) (laughs) oh that movie anyway um, your dog just barked so that's perfect segue to our get to know you question I was going to ask you do you dress up your dog and or cat in costumes for holidays or Halloween um yes <laughs> yeah the only hesitation there is it's my wife she always does that but um yeah i'll be i'll be throwing her a little shark costume on this year oh do you guys do um family costumes with the dog nope <laughs> no oh. Nope. That's the next level. That's where you have to go next. That is next level. Oh, <laughs> man. that You know what that reminds me of is there's this Norwegian horror movie that just came out called Lamb, I think. And it's about oh. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer yeah. for that? That's what I, I imagine. I try not to. <laughs> that's what happens to dogs when you start treating them too much like people. And they start walking upright. And they start wearing clothes correctly. And then getting human features. And it's creepy. I have no desire to see that because I saw that it was a horror movie and that there were a bunch of sheep in it. And I was like, I can't watch this if potentially these animals are going to die, which is ironic considering what we just watched today. I know. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't do that. Um, are you dr- dressing any animals up? They're going to try to dress the new cat up, but we'll see. Archer does not like being dressed up at all he gets very weird and uh is angry after so (laughs) so he does not get dressed up but i would love to dress him up he just doesn't like it i have little pjs for him but he doesn't like to wear them just keep trying life uh finds a way (laughs) yes um so let's move on to the overview of this movie 
which is very, uh, it's very fitting. A small town is taken over by an alien plague, turning residents into zombies and all forms of mutant monsters. There's kind of a lot going on in this town after this alien uh, creature comes to visit. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your initial reaction as you were watching this? Um, I thought it was kind of funny because it starts out with like the residents of the town already looking gross. Like they just picked a bunch of gross people to be like in the movie. This is one of those movies where you think you know the direction it's going to go, but you don't. It just keeps getting more abstract. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think the first time I saw this, I didn't really appreciate what this movie was trying to do. And having watched more movies uh, in my lifetime and really getting a better sense of what people behind the scenes do, um, I really can appreciate what James Gunn was going for in this, I think, now. That's a good way to phrase it. I appreciate what he's going for. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, this cast though is pretty, pretty good. And, uh, they all kind of have stuck together over the years and come back and work together, which is kind of cool. Um, Nathan Fillion plays the sheriff. He was coming off of Firefly, uh, which is a sci-fi show that had got one season, one of Joss Whedon shows. Um, he also was in Buffy for the last season, and he was just getting like pretty popular, pretty big at this time. Um, are you a fan of him at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. I remember back in 2006, I had just watched Firefly for the first time, and I was very excited to see him in like anything else. And then I saw the trailer for this movie, and I was like, ah! Maybe I'll take a rain check. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have loved him. And usually I've only seen him in Joss Whedon stuff. Um, but I think he works really well with uh, James Gunn as well. Yeah. Uh, they're they're like buddies now. He's He's been in yeah. a bunch of James Gunn stuff. Yeah, it's almost like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was a mini reunion for a lot of these people. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Banks, who we know as uh, Thor's sister, right? She was. Oh no, one. that's that's Kate oh, Blanchett. That, oh, that was Kate Blanchett. Okay, um, but she was the evil person in Power Rangers. Yes. Um, which kind of similar looking. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll buy yeah. that. All right. Um, and Pitch Perfect. She was. Um, she really gained a lot of notoriety with the pitch perfect movies so um i think she's hilarious in a lot of stuff that she does yeah absolutely um did you catch jenna fisher in there from the office yeah yeah her face is hard to miss like if you've seen at least one episode of the office you will recognize her anywhere yep um she was actually married to james gunn at this moment in time huh yeah. How about that? Did not know that going into this. Yeah, same. Um, 
And then finally, like for like the bigger stars, we have a pre Guardians, pre Walking Dead, Michael Rooker. He's Mary he also Poppins. has a very <laughs> he has a distinctive like voice and face. Like if you've seen him in one thing, you will recognize him in everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um he's he's really good too and it's too bad you didn't get to see a lot of him as the movie went on but uh i think it was a good casting choice yeah yeah absolutely he is a good actor yeah um was there anybody else that you noticed in there or that you want to shout out uh yeah greg henry he was the mayor who (laughs) (laughs) what a character (laughs) (laughs) But I, I feel like he plays a very similar character in like everything I've seen him in, which is not a whole lot, but he's got he also has one of those faces that just kind of sticks out. Yeah, because um, as I was watching it, I was like, I know this guy, but I don't know from what. Everything I've seen him in, I've just wanted to punch him, <laughs> which. <laughs> yeah, he has that personality. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, that's it for me. Um, there is a cameo in there, and you probably didn't catch it because I wouldn't have. Yeah, not without looking up stuff about the movie. But you nope. want to tell us who that was? Um, when Elizabeth Banks' character is on the phone talking to the doctor, the doctor's voice is Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I didn't expect that. No, me neither. And I think this is before he started doing movies. I think. Don't quote me on that. Because I don't know when his like Devil's Rejects and stuff came out. But let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> I Devil. was uh, trying to stall for 2005. Okay. Oh, so... Okay. So... Right around that, so probably James Gunn was like, hey, this guy's really big um, in the horror community right now. Let's throw in a little uh, a little cameo that some horror fans can like look out for. I appreciate that. Yeah, why not? Oh, also, maybe they are buddies, because I'm seeing that he has a voice credit for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as an unseen ravager that's hilarious (laughs) that's like what they do in star wars when they like prince harry and prince william were stormtroopers oh yeah like they get all kinds of people to cameo as stormtroopers but you never know it because obviously you don't see their face (laughs) he also has a voice credit for guardians of the galaxy one yeah these guys there's no way they're not buddies yeah. Um, which works out good. So it came out I think it came out pretty fun. Um, the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror, otherwise known as the Saturn Awards, also thought it was good. Uh they nominated it for Best Horror Film and it actually won for Best Makeup. I'll say it definitely deserves the best makeup nominee or win. It does. Yeah. For sure. Um I agree, because in an era when 2006 people were really starting to lean on computers to do a lot of their work, uh, this has good uh, practical effects 
like uh, showcasing. I also I like that it was also a winner for the Fangoria's Chainsaw Awards for highest body count. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it had to be like the whole town, right? Yeah, yeah. Who dies? Everyone. Everyone. I mean, that's the only way to make a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not killing, you're not trying. Exactly. Um, speaking of horror movies, James Gunn like put a lot of shout-outs and like, Easter eggs to other horror movies um, that have, he said, uh, influenced him. Some of those are not uh, limited, but not including, or including, but not limited to uh, The Thing, The Blob, Shivers, Tremors, Alien, Predator, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and The Fly, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep, that is about right. Oh, um, also the when you see the camera going through the woods in the beginning, that's very similar to The Evil Dead, like how the mm. The evil yeah. force moves through. Yeah, I I saw a reference that like when uh, Michael Rooker first gets infected, it kind of looked like a face hugger kind of a thing. And yep. yeah, yeah, there's so many kind of references or homages to classic horror movies. It's great. I love that. Yeah, I think it was done really well too because it wasn't so much in your face as like a ripoff. But exactly what you said, like an homage. So taking just little things that fans of horror would be like, hey, check that out. I noticed the alien one, too, like the face hugger one. That was mm-hmm. the first one that like I really saw was like, oh, this is this is what he's doing now. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Jenna Fisher. So. Um, like you said, she was married to James Gunn at the time, um, but originally was not part of the cast. The actor in her role actually begged to be released from his contract because he had offered to shoot a pilot of some show, not like at an airport. Um, so Gunn actually let him go rather than have him, you know, perform on a set that where he didn't want to be. So he swapped the character's gender and gave her a few more lines. And by the time the movie was released, Fisher had actually become very popular from the office. And so she was the one who went on to the tonight show the night before the film opened to promote it. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I really want to know who the actor was and what the pilot was. <laughs> it's uh it could easily be one of those things where it's a show that never got greenlit and we've never heard of this person and this could have been like <laughs> something. Yep. It could have been something. That's crazy how stuff works in Hollywood. Yeah. Um another one of James Gunn's uh like influences or intentions um was with the character Starla and he basically wanted her who is uh Elizabeth Banks and he basically wanted her to be the Hitchcock blonde. And I recently have been watching some Hitchcock movies. I told you I watched uh, Rear Window and Lifeboat. And my mom was talking to me about it. And yeah, Hitchcock, there's a couple of things that Hitchcock always does in his movies. And that was the main character was a blonde. And that he always has a cameo of himself in there. And... 
I think that James Gunn really nailed it with Elizabeth Banks in this after just recently seeing some of his mo- uh, Hitchcock's movies because she plays it just like they do in that in those movies. Um, yeah. He said that they like he saw a bunch of other actresses and they had that sort of good WB vibe, but Elizabeth was the one that really had like that old time grace, like old Hollywood from like the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties era, um, which I think is the most beautiful time in Hollywood. It, I I would agree, yeah. A lot of racism, but (laughs) (laughs) under all the elegance, uh, a lot of racism and sexism and all that good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. He also had a cameo in it, too, um, Mm -hmm. as a teacher in the beginning. So I don't know. Should we be drawing more parallels to Hitchcock? Who's to say? Who's to say? I totally missed his cameo in the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> it it was funny because i saw his face and it didn't click right away and i was like oh wow he looks like james gunn but up but up it is um my favorite fact that i found um about this movie is that michael rooker accidentally broke his glasses off camera while doing kung fu kicks by himself <laughs> <laughs> i want to know why he was doing kung fu kicks well, I mean, let's be real. Why wouldn't you do Kung Fu kicks? <laughs> um, this movie is actually James Gunn's first directorial uh, movie. So, like, he had written other stuff, but this was his first directorial. Hmm. That's cool. I feel like there's a You can see kind of like the seeds of stuff that he's known for in this movie. So that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. The um, just like what you watch, like um, music, music actually I think played a really important role in this movie, much like it does with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. I'm trying to think of more parallels with like Suicide Squad because that's I think his latest movie. And I just oh, keep coming yeah. back to like Michael Rooker and Nathan Fillion again. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. I forgot Michael Rooker was in that, wasn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah they were both only in it for a hot minute, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I you know lots of good use of practical gore in that movie too. In Suicide anyway. Squad or this one? Yeah. For both. Yeah, I mean, like, less of it, but still good use of it. Yes. I'm just thinking about Rooker's head exploding. I was like, that was pretty gnarly. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty uh, crazy. Um, Speaking of the practical effects, let's talk about them a little bit. Sure. What was your favorite practical effect in this movie? Well, the one that I loved and hated in equal measure was just what Michael Rooker turns into. Like the horrible... (laughs) Oh, jeez. It's awful. But it was really well done. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Cronin Rooker. Yeah, the Cronenberg he turns into is... So gross, but so well done. It really is. Um, 
mine probably has to be the the bodysuit, like the pregnant grossness that that <sighs> girl turns into. Um, that was so gross, but so hilarious at the same time. Yeah, and it was a three meter wide like bodysuit that this chick got into, and. <sighs> Like they did all the practical stuff around her, obviously, except when it's ripping and whatnot. But like, that's crazy to me. It reminds me of like Total Recall almost, and um, or one of those other Schwarzenegger movies that has uh, when he's pulling the tracker <laughs> out of his nose. Yeah. I, I never will forget that scene because the tracker is like comically large for something to be pulled through your nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you feel about all the animals? Um, I mean, didn't love that, but <laughs> I mean, it, it also wasn't, I don't think it was like, gratuitous in the sense of like you see something killing animals it's just kind of they're already dead after the fact and I don't know I guess it's easier to realize that they're props instead of being like oh Fido yeah I think that's why I didn't have a problem with the animals in this movie is because after, you see them after the fact and they really look like and like stuffed animals they look like props. It doesn't look realistic at all. Um, it's that over over gory, like comical gory stuff hmm. with them, I think. And even when the creature gets that cow in the field, the way the cow falls over is so comical that it didn't really bother me, you know? Yeah. And I think that's an intentional choice, too, because otherwise I feel like that could easily turn um, a lot of people away from a movie. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think the blend between both. I mean, the slugs kind of look cheesy. It doesn't look like the CGI is done really well. But, I mean, we've seen worse. Yeah. I I'd say... It's super noticeable now, but it's okay for a two like mid two thousand CGI. Yeah, yep, that's a good point. Um, I like uh, I this this quote is really good as far as trying to get a handle on the tone of this movie, where uh, Nathan Fillion recalled Gunn telling him that uh, we're making a funny movie, but we're not making a comedy, and that's exactly what this movie is where no one's going out of their way to crack jokes or anything it's just some of the reactions to outlandish scenes are genuinely hilarious yeah because i totally love how he did this because in real life like i think you would be there would be some comical like just how you react would end up being a little bit funny you know yeah, it's uh, even though it's like a horror movie, some of the positions that they find themselves in are pretty out there and you can only react and kind of like disbelief and humor. Yeah, like when he when he walks into the barn and sees her at pregnant with all those slugs, 
He goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you an ambulance for you. And the other guy's like, What the hell's the hospital gonna do? You know? Like mm-hmm. it's good it's good stuff like that and have the foresight and the ability to pull off the tone of this movie without it coming across cheesy or outlandish, uh, even though it is outlandish, it doesn't come off that way very bad way. Yeah, yeah, I I really think that the writing in this movie and especially the dialogue was done really well. Yeah, and I a lot of moments where someone says something I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I would say. <laughs> yeah. And at an hour and 35 minute runtime, that's perfect. Like the tone of this movie and the way they go about things, the movie doesn't overstay its welcome for what it's trying to do. Absolutely. Um, I just have, uh, my box office and the, uh, rating stuff, which I was surprised about today. So I'll let you finish out the trivia moments. All right. So, um, the younger girl in this movie, um, her mom is supposed to like vomit blood on her. But they only had like three of the jackets that she was wearing for that take. So they only got three takes to do that. And the first two resulted in a pretty just like a dribble kind of coming out of the actress's (laughs) mouth. And so they rehearsed it. And the actress uh, figured out that what she really had to do was to cough to get the blood to like spurt in the way that she wanted it to. And, uh, you know, right on to that poor girl's face. (laughs) I was trying like that whole scene with her pulling out the slug. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I just couldn't like, that was, I think the hardest scene for me to watch. You just described so many scenes in this goddamn movie where after a while I was starting to I was like if this movie makes me puke I'm going to be really pissed. <laughs> it was getting to you that much? Not that much, but the point is there was a concern of not having seen this movie before and like how much worse does this get because this is pretty bad in terms of grossness. Like um when <laughs> monster grant when he's all slithery in the cow pasture um <laughs> i i like that um he was like you said practically created and was manipulated by multiple puppeteers who were digitally erased which i think that's a really cool use of cgi in a lot of movies yeah. that doesn't get a whole lot of attention because you don't see anything but uh again really well done super gross mm-hmm yeah um my wife does not like slugs at all like she does that dry heaving grossness whenever she sees them and makes me take care of them so i'm i'm glad that she did not watch this because she would have taken one minute and then been like nope and just walked out (laughs) (laughs) well i mean she did make us watch teeth so Mm. it's yeah not a lot of sympathy there (laughs) That's true. That is accurate. <laughs> um, 
so I, I think you might have touched on it briefly before, but there's a lot of nods to other horror movies um, in this genre. And several characters' names are nods. I think there's a name of like a school or a bar or something that like basically if if anything in this movie has a name, it's usually a reference to something else, which is kind of cool. And just one of the more notable Easter eggs or what that made me think of was when the alien slug is swimming towards Kylie in the in the bathtub. It was a direct nod to A Nightmare on Elm Street when Freddy's glove emerges, you know, between her legs while she's sleeping. Um, I I just like that. I I like Easter eggs and references to other movies. Yeah, I that was the first thing I thought about as soon as it went into the tub and it did that overhand or that view from like the front of the bathtub in the water. Yeah, I was like, oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> and i feel like it takes a good director to or good direction to to do shots like that without making it seem like you're ripping other movies off yeah um and it didn't seem like that like in anything that he did it didn't seem like it was a blatant i'm gonna do this because it worked in this movie he's like i'm gonna do this but put my own spin on it and yeah i think it worked almost all of the time in this movie. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, my last fact is that um, Michael Rooker actually dislocated his shoulder while filming the scene where he attacks Starla and grows a floppy arm. And uh, <laughs> it was a long shooting day with multiple setups, and he actually didn't tell anyone until they got the shot that they were looking for. No, that's dedication right there. Yeah. Can we can we talk about how his name in the movie is Grant Grant? Oh yeah, <laughs> I I somehow didn't register that. Yeah, huh. <laughs> they met, they reference it quickly when he's talking to that other girl, um, the one that he ends up impregnating with all the slugs. Um, <sighs> like, there's a line that says something about how he has the same he has two first names or something. But yeah, when you look in IMDb, the character name is Grant Grant. Okay, that's why. So I didn't clock that because I feel like I also have two first names or two <laughs> last names. It, both of my names go both ways, which is cool. <laughs> Mine do yeah, too. I, so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, what do you got? All right. So. This was made for $15 million. Not too bad. Uh, typical of a horror movie. I was actually surprised at how low it was considering the amount of CGI that they did use in this. Yeah. Um, it ended up only grossing $7.8 million in its first week. Or, uh, sorry, $3.8 million in its first week. And seven point eight million the entire time it was in theaters, which was uh, the April 2nd week it came out. Um, it only ended up grossing about $12.8 million worldwide. So it didn't have a great box office. It ended up becoming more of a cult film uh, once, it became on, once it came on DVD. Because this is like the time period movies hadn't... Like the theater was still kind of expensive. At, not as expensive as it is now. But this was like towards the... 
rental places hadn't started to go under under yet. So this is like the time period when you were getting people going to these rental places renting games like Xbox. I remember this was the year PS3 and 360 came out the next year. So you were getting people renting games a lot. You were getting people going and seeing. And this is how you would find really random movies just by looking through a rental place. So it ended up getting quite a big following after that. Um, what came out to kind of hinder the effects of this movie in March and April were March 19th, you had V for Vendetta, which I think it did better in theaters, but it, it also has a very huge cult fo- following now. Um, Denzel Washington's Inside Man came out in March. And then Ice Age, The Meltdown was the big thing. It came out the same weekend. So April 2nd, mm, that was probably where everybody was going to see. Mm. So um, Then you had Scary Movie 4, which is the least which is the lowest one on the totem pole until five. But um, listen, I actually really like four. <laughs> my favorite too. So <laughs> I feel like, I feel like most of those movies are funny, but when three and four came out, I'd actually seen all the movies that they're making fun of. Right. Yeah. I get that. Um, then you had, Silent Hill, which I really love Silent Hill. Um, I think it's a very faithful adaptation of the game. And everybody should watch it. That's what I think. Um, and then Mission Impossible 3 and Da Vinci Code were the end of May. Or May. All of May. So there was... Oh, and then X-Men Last Stand, also at the end of May. So there was a lot happening in that time period. For this little, like, I wouldn't call it an indie movie, but it definitely didn't have, like, big enough names on it to compete with this stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, the ratings for it, something new we've been doing, it actually wasn't banned in any countries, including Malaysia. So. <laughs> huh. But the film in India ended up getting heavily censored um, because it got a UA rating. And I don't know what that means in India, but here's some things that they deleted out of that movie. And I'm pretty sure it's only a seven minute movie by this point. (laughs) Um, All the visuals of people eating flesh, all the visuals of people using swear words. Um, women, the, oh, the, uh, the pregnant woman breaking up, like, all the, uh, snake, the slugs coming out of her, um, the blood-soaked face and visuals of the mom spurting, spewing the blood, um, the lady in the bathtub, shooting the cop in the leg, the whole dog attacking, um, what's his name? Yeah, Nathan Fillion. Uh, The man, him shooting the cop. Visuals of a cat licking flesh. Um, Basically, all the swear words. 
Grant and Starla in bed, Starla in the bathroom when she, you know she's in the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole scene, um, infected. The visuals of them like going at it on the couch. Um, the cat, the dead cat. Um, Grant trying to molest a lady. Police officers looking for a crushed dead body. Uh, the mayor running out of the room and all the slugs like floodgating out. Uh, the uh, wrapping of the creature wrapping Starla and her stabbing it. And police officers entering the room of creatures and all when the creatures are infecting the people. I feel like they didn't actually (laughs) show this movie. They just said, like, here's what you need to remove to screen it. And it's like, well, solid seven minutes here. Yeah, like everything about this movie. So it's probably the beginning. And they don't even show the creature bursting into flames either. That was the last one. Hmm. So you don't know what happens to this creature in India. And if you're <laughs> listening from India, don't worry. It dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's not still out there. It's not or is it? There. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting at how much they cut that up. And I'd like to see what it actually is from over there. So. <laughs> it's got to be the curious, weirdest movie. Right? I bet it doesn't even make sense. So. Um, well, we have reached the part of our podcast where we give our final thoughts and you find out whether we give this movie two thumbs up, two thumbs down, or anything in between. Um, I am curious to where you stand. Oh, well, I'll tell you where I I stand. I would like to know because you seem, you seem like you can go either way at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll say that. This was a roller coaster of emotion for me. (laughs) (laughs) If being grossed out counts as an emotion. So um, I really appreciate the practical effects in this. No matter how gross they were. (laughs) Um, The story is actually pretty interesting. And I feel like the dialogue and characters are just... They're they're fun. I, I really like that. So... As you can imagine, I actually do like most things about this movie. And as far as I can remember, none of the characters do any like egregiously dumb things that were so prevalent in 2000s horror. You know, like it was almost like the main characters couldn't make a single right decision in a lot of movies. But um, yeah, this one was surprising in that way. So because it's creative and well-written and more or less well-executed, I begrudgingly give it one thumb up only because (laughs) like, it's so gross. It's such a gross movie (laughs) and body horror really just creeps me out anyway. I'm, I was actually very close to giving this one thumb down just on the basis of, I don't want to watch it again, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's just a lot of, it's, it does a lot right and that is hard for me to ignore so i would say one thumb up but don't watch it after you eat um 
It's kind of funny because I think I'm I'm right along the same lines as you. Um, I am not a gory movie fan. I'm not a horror movie fan. I don't really like creature features. Um, but for some reason, this one kind of hits all the right notes for me. And I don't know if it's the casting, the writing, um, the practical effects, uh, anything like that. I think that the practical effects really bring it back to a late 80s, early 90s feel. And you know how much I love that time period in movies. Um, like you said, the writing is, I think, really, really good. And I think when a director writes his own stuff, I feel like it comes out a little better because you have it as a vision in your head and how you want to go move with it. And I think his tone follows the tone of the movie follows the script well like it doesn't shift tones it kind of feels like it's one cohesive uh thought and it's done really well um i usually have a problem with like animal stuff but i think this was done correctly it wasn't too harsh um because there are some moments in the movie that where you're like, it's comically funny, but at the same time, it's still a horror movie. And I just think it was done. It was done well. Um, so I'm going to give it, go ahead and give it one thumb up as well. And the goriness didn't bother me. I don't think as much as it bothered you. Um, just because I, I think because I had seen it, a long time ago so I kind of knew what was going on and the fact that the CGI slugs are definitely not as they don't hold up as well as other movies with CGI stuff uh, mate so that's why I think I could it wasn't as bad for me but yeah one thumb up I think I think it was worth it I think it was a good movie to end our uh, Halloween spooky season on yes yeah, I'd agree with that. I feel like I need to, you know, scrub my brain with some SpongeBob or something, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we didn't have, there wasn't too much in the Discord this week. Um, let me see. Anything interesting? Um, we, so I, lost our spreadsheet <laughs> so everyone knows so i'm gonna go back and make a better one but the movies that we have on now are that will be going into the wheel until the december are money pit the beast into the woods spun evolution sky captain Waterworld, wet hot american summer nothing but trouble dune 1984 last action hero hackers from 1995, uh, Tremors, Cogneys vs. Zombies, Terror Vision, and Night of the Creeps. And those last three will leave off for right now, I think, just in case so we don't pull another scary one right away. Um, and then if I missed any, please let us know. Or if you want to add more, obviously let us know. But those are ones I'm going to try to go back and see what I've got. Um, but I do apologize. And uh, 
I'll get the spreadsheet back so we can make sure that we have our ratings. Because I think at the beginning of the year, like we did last year, I'd like to do a 2021 in review. And we need we need to know what we gave these movies, sir. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll go back and fix that. But for now, we are going to spin and uh, see what we're watching next week. I actually have a proposal about that. Okay. Okay. Seeing as how do? seeing as how Dune just premiered last weekend, I think it might be interesting if we took a look at Dune from 1984. I'm down with that. I think that's fantastic. I bought it while I was in Maine because I figured we would be doing that soon. And uh, yeah, so we'll put that on and we'll watch uh, Dune 1984 for next week. And if you have seen new dune maybe uh well i know you have i still have to see it but maybe we can do a compare and contrast if i get to see both of them and then if you listeners have seen them write in and tell us what your thoughts are on comparing them i would be very interested in literally all of that (laughs) (laughs) exactly um so yeah i'm cool with that that being said, we can, uh, Regan, take us out. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Next week, we're going to be discussing Dune, picked for us by, I believe, Matt B. Um, I also lost that information. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But remember, you can help select the next movie that goes on our list by emailing the podcast at youpickwewatch at gmail.com. You can also. Do the same and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Discord at you Pick We Watch. If, uh, if you like what you hear, slither on over to the five-star section of uh, whatever app you're listening on and um, feel free to give us an, a nice little five stars if you like it. it. It'd mean a lot to me. I'm Regan. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at AuthorRegan-Brooks. And I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at RadMadMal. And I would also appreciate it. I know there are six people that have given us five-star reviews, and we love that. And you should comment and say what you like about it. Um, and, yeah, we just love listening and or listening to what you guys have to say, hanging out, talking about movies, and we appreciate all of you. We do. Yeah. And uh, like what you said, I'm going to slither away now. (laughs) Damn it. I can't think. Uh, We have no end here, so we're just going to go. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Just a very abrupt goodbye.